Mira, and mira. We are we're back again. Como esta, my friend? Mutro, mucho gusto, mi amigo. Sí, sí, ¿qué pasó? <laughs> mucho gusto actually means nice to meet you. I just really messed that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's a little scratchy up there, you know, but it'll come back to me the more I speak it. Actually, I'm learning Portuguese right now, so I'm forgetting all the Spanish. Portuguay. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Happy recording day, man. I was just about to say it. <laughs> Happy recording day. I beat you to it because I never get to say it first. Indeed. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. all good why the hell did i say mucho gusto mucho gusto nacho libre <laughs> nacho <laughs> damn it i gotta watch that tonight. where were you last night what took you so long <laughs> oh i gotta watch that that's a classic. It's June too. It's not even Mexican month. What the, what, or sorry, what, Spanish month. What the hell is Mexican month? What Cinco is de month? Mayo, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Papi Chulo, you, you, did you even know the day of they the celebrate Spanish? a day, not a month? Come on, dude. Well, you know, sometimes you just drink the whole month. Why one day? Sure, I'll, I'll drink to that. Speaking of drinking, mm-hmm. I had my first Voodoo Ranger last night from yes. the founders. Uh, no, you didn't. No. <clears throat> no, you did not just say that. Oh, my God. I did say You want to come again? You want to try again? Come again. You had a, <laughs> you had a Voodoo, Voodoo Ranger from where? This does not. It does not matter. No, it matters because <laughs> you just you're like super offensive. Where's Voodoo Ranger from? New Belgium Brewing. It is not uh, a Founders IPA. Thank you very much. Well, fuck me, bag on ass. So, um, I'd appreciate you not attributing. Uh, uh, well, at least you attributed a very good beer to Founders. I got my beers mixed up, man. What can I say? I do not drink the beer a lot. Yeah, it's definitely not a Founders Brewery, uh, brewery beer. It's not a Founders Brew. That's what I'm trying to say. You're not a Founders Brew. <laughs> no, I am not. Why am I? Why am I doing this? Why are you still doing a Spanish accent? I do not know. 
Well, I do declare, if you're going to do a Spanish accent, I'm going to do a country boy accent. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! All day. Um, IPA cool. from Founders. You had an all day IPA too, right? I did, man. And it treated me so good, I had to go get another one last night. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had the all day in I don't know how long. It's been a long night, huh? <laughs> uh, they also just released the, I think I talked about this already, but they just released the all-night IPA. Really? Yeah, about a month ago. Have so you had it? I have not had it yet. Honestly, I have not found it yet. So I think I need to go down to Founders so that I can find an all-night IPA. Yeah, bro. So... Bring me one um, when you come down, you know what I'm saying? Actually, you know what? That's a very, very good idea. I think I should get a six-pack of all-day IPA. Uh, no. Well, we can get that okay. here. Don't worry about that. It's probably cheaper here, too. Doubt it. <laughs> I'm thinking I'll get a 15-pack of all-day IPA. And then... That'll be for Friday night. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, no, we'll have to have them side by side just to taste test yeah. to see if we can find the difference. So all day IPA is, is, uh, it's a, it's a blonde color, but all night IPA is more of a stout color. So I think we need to try both of them side by side. We need to double fist and we need to make sure, or we need to determine which one we like best. I like it. Yeah. I like it like that. Nope. I got soul. I got soul. Oh, man. So what's going on? What are we doing here? Um. Yeah, we're recording right now. Um. Honestly, I have been so out of touch with what's going on in the worlds, and more so just what's going on in the America. Um, yeah. Because I just be putting that work, dude. You know what I'm saying? Be putting that fucking work, son. <laughs> <laughs> All day. Every day. Wake up. Do it again. On the yard. <laughs> no, but seriously, I haven't. I haven't been on tweeters. I've barely been on the Instagrams. I do not like the Facebooks. And that's, there you go. That's pretty much Spanish accent again. This is where yeah, I used go. to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm finding that um, a lot of podcasts that I'm listening to these uh, these guys keep saying that they refuse to go on to Twitter anymore because it's just such an argument all the time. Like there's always a fight yeah. to be had. There's always, you know, you know, disagreements are cool. As long as you are willing to have a dialogue with somebody to, you know, view your opinions versus theirs. Like uh, it, there's nothing wrong with disagreements, but what's been happening lately is that you disagree with someone and then they freaking call your company to get you fired. <laughs> you know, they're, 
that stuff is happening to these high profile guys. Um, yeah. Uh, well, too, I know. mean, if you kind of think about like, you know, anyone that has a phone or access to the interwebs can be online. Sure. And we don't even like, I'm showing my age because that's, it's not even considered being online anymore. It's just part of our life. But my point is like these youngsters can get on all these social networks and just say whatever the fuck they want with no repercussions because what's really going to happen. And you know, they ain't been learned. They don't know about life. They're just (laughs) spewing off fucking shit. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You know, like that's not who I want to communicate with on social media. Sure. You know, like, I don't know. If you're if you're gonna argue and put in your two cents, at least have some like knowledge, some education, maybe a little bit of life under your belt. But you have all these people who just want to fire off their fucking thumbs and think that you know they're so <laughs> empowered, and thumbs. it's like, <laughs> fuck you, you ignorant piece of shit. Yeah. Maybe that's harsh, <laughs> but and I mean not everyone's like that, obviously. But no. There's just a lot of, like, you know what I'm saying? People say shit online or on these social networks that they would never have the balls to say to people's face. Right. They're protected by their screens. Yeah. So there's this sense, there's this this false sense of, like, empowerment, I guess. I don't know. I think it's it's more along the lines of a false sense of identity. I, I think that. You know, today a lot of people think more highly of themselves than they ought to. Um, yeah, it's a lot of entitlement. It's a lot of, uh, you know what? I blame it on society stopping spanking. Some of these kids need a good old-fashioned ass-whooping from their parents. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't get it, they... uh they think that they can just run over everybody. Think about that too, man. Like how recent how that has that changed? Like it's been I've recent. been spanked, but I wasn't like beat or like not not what I I think people consider being beat today, but like, you know, there was a few times growing up you got, you know, got a little backhand or you got a little something on the butt or like smack mm-hmm. the hand or whatever. Yeah. But dude, my freaking mom, man, she grew up and literally was like, dad would tell, he'd get so mad at us because we did this or that. And we had this tree out back and he told us to go pick out our switch. Mm-hmm. She's like, I had to go pick out the thing that he was going to hit me with. <laughs> <laughs> and that's real. Like, and my uncle, uh-huh. wise dad, I think it was my uncle or maybe it was her sister. Um, my aunt, one of them like put on like double clothes so that it wouldn't hurt like as much. And I'm not saying they got the shit kicked out of them. I'm just saying, you know, a little backhand here, a little smack in there. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't exist today because you'll get sued or sent to jail or. So I agree, man. But it's crazy how how quickly I feel like that has changed. 
in our society. Because think about it. I mean, over the thousands of years of people existing on this planet, really only in the last, what, 30 to 40 years has that been a thing where, like, you, you can't really scold your kids? It, it couldn't have been the last 30 or 40 years because neither one of us are <laughs> 40 yet. So, well, yeah, that's true. I, you know, when, and we got our ass whooped. So even less than that, like, how crazy is that? I mean, think about so, that. Thousands of fucking years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, but with all the hostility online, man. I think the cure. I think the cure is a good old fashioned ass whooping. Benjova. Yep. Um. Yeah. I wonder what if Trump think? ever got spanked. <laughs> yeah. By who? The nanny. <laughs> He just fucking does whatever the fuck he wants. God bless our president. Somewhat. I guess. Yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> we were <laughs> we were at work today. <laughs> we were talking about uh these parts that that uh that you know our China division is working on. And Tata uh, Motors. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tata Motors. Uh, you know, we get this this part from from China, and I was talking to this other engineer, and he was like, "Well, I hope we're not getting this part from China because, you know, with our president, our, our standing president, you know, uh, well, he'll uh, he'll attach a twenty five percent tariff to it, and uh, or twenty five percent markup on it." And it'll cost us more to get it here, so we might as well just make it here and then ship it to China. And we got a good laugh at, uh, <laughs> about it, but it, there's so much truth to it. Shit, man, you used to be able to make a pacifier in, in China for 50 cents and then sell it for $5 here in the U.S., and it's not going to happen anymore. So better find another way to get some cheap products, brah. Build some relationships with some companies here in the U.S., Otherwise, you're going to be in Barney. So. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? You know, I had an interesting conversation with a family member about uh, a month ago, and we hadn't talked about it at all. So uh, as we were brainstorming for tonight, it came to me. You know, so, you know, Jenna and I, we were pastoring at our at our last church, uh, her parents church. And, um, you know, this family member asked me, like, you know, hey, how's the pastoring going? Are you still pastoring? Uh, meanwhile, we're like we're going on three years not pastoring anymore. And uh, <laughs> and, and every year for the last three years, last see, three times I've saw this family member, they asked the same question. <laughs> uh How's pastoring going? Are you still pastoring? Well, anyway, you know, I, I so we're sitting there talking, and I'm like, no, we're not pastoring anymore, and blah, 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 this happened, this happened, this happened. 
and um and so we're done and uh she said to me i just don't know how you can go from pastor in the church to just not doing anything at all you know how do you go from pastor and leading the flock like don't you know that that there's people out there that that need to hear your voice that that need what's inside of you and all of that was a very very good point it's a very good valid point um that i that i took seriously like yeah you're right there are people that probably do need to hear what i have to say and but i didn't mention you know hey by the way you know i've got a, a podcast with my with my dog you know unchurched <laughs> podcast and there's enough there's subscribe Twenty five hundred people in the last year have heard my voice and what I've had to say, and his. But whatever, I just didn't go there because it didn't matter. Sure. Um, but it's just funny the response that you get from Christians out there when you say that you no longer go to church but you're still a Christian. How there is a question of your eternal security, your salvation, because you're not going to a local church. And I just wanted to explore that with you. Yeah, I mean, first off, we're talking a majority here, not all. But, I mean, yeah, definitely. There's this, this thing of, like, you have to go and be a part of a church and... If you're not, then, well, what are you, I mean, why? What are you doing? Like, are you sure you're, like, how are you worshiping? (laughs) Like, church has become such a thing in our culture here in America that, like, as a Christian, and probably as other, whatever, denominations or beliefs or religions, you know, that if you if you aren't a part of a church somewhere then it's like oh well how are you even a christian <laughs> sure and it's kind of fucked up man because i mean the church is not <clears throat> and when i say church i mean the four walls the organization the somewhat the community there I don't I don't feel you necessarily have to be a part of that. And I'm not throwing all of it away either when I say that, but on the majority I think we've got a lot of things that we focus on that's not biblical and that we've kind of lost sight of the true thing and we've created this like uh country club culture for faith if that makes sense you know it's very exclusive very even though like they say like churches always say oh we're inviting we love everyone like it's it's very not that (laughs) yeah mostly that is that what you mean by country club yeah, like it's an ex, you know, it, you have to belong to this thing. You like not not anyone can just go golf on our course. 
Yeah. Not anyone can just come use my bathroom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to be a part of this thing, then we require you to do these things, and that's that. Now, a lot of a lot of people who are going to hear that are going to immediately say, "Oh no, we're not that way. We welcome everyone. We, you know, gay, straight, black, white, purple, fucking headless people. I don't care who you are. We we welcome everyone." But you only stick with the people that you know and who are a part of your thing and pay the money and, you know, get involved and do all this stuff. And, like, you get caught up in in that. And that becomes the thing, you know. I'm not saying that a church can't exist where that's not. Like, the focus should not be about the building and the organization, you know what I mean? Am I answering absolutely. your question? I don't know. No, no, you are. You are, absolutely. What's the saying again? The people. Church is not a building. It's the people. Screw the building. We're the unchurched. Yes. You know, I, I just, for me, I, I guess my, the longer I'm out of the building, the more my disdain grows for organized religion. And I know there are two separate things. I would argue that there are two separate things. Um, you know, you, but they, they, they kind of exist together, right? I mean, all these denominations are organized religions, if you will. The, the church that I was born in, that I grew up in, the, denom- the, the denomination was Kojic, Church of God in Christ. Um, and as a child, they taught us this song. I, I'm not sure if it existed um, in Church of God, but I know in Church of God in Christ, the song was sang at every single district meeting, you know, uh, when we had holy convocations, you know, it, the, the song simply went, this is the church of God in Christ. This is the church of God in Christ. You can't join it. You have to be born in it. This is the church of God in Christ. Those are the words of the song. <laughs> Think about that now. So they have taken a... Uh, They've taken a part of scripture and twisted it to make it fit the denomination in such a way. And it took me getting out of it for me to see how unhealthy that indoctrination was and that 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 philosophy. Like you can't just join the church of God in Christ. Yeah. You have to be born into the church of God in Christ. Well, I'm sorry, dude. We're born into sin. Right. And the only thing that um, the only thing, the only other thing that we can be born into is born into Christ. Hence, Jesus's words in John chapter three, (laughs) you must be born again. Right. And, And so, you know, Nicodemus says to him, 
who's the, the, the Pharisee, he says, How can a man be born again? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time? And Jesus simply said, No. You must be born of spirit and water. In other words, you, 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 you have to be born first, flesh and blood, obviously. Um, but then there is a, because we're born spiritually dead, in other words, separated from God because of sin, we have to be born again, which happens at the point of our faith in Jesus Christ. We're born again into life. We're born in Christ. We are alive in Christ at the point of our faith. Right? So, it's not being born into a denomination. You're born into a relationship with God. You have to be born again in order to become a son of God, if you will. But it took me leaving the church to be to be able to actually have that understanding to actually I take it back even one step further I had to leave the church in order to be able to challenge some of the doctrines that I was given you know yeah it's kind of hard to challenge the indoctrination while you're still under it you got to get from under it and then have enough balls to examine it and question it to be able to say, well, maybe this wasn't exactly the right um, teaching, if you will. Yeah, or you have to put yourself around people who will like challenge your faith, even if you're a part of a church. But that that's kind of like something I was trying to communicate earlier is like once you get into that church community thing and just i don't know why but it just becomes those are the only people you associate with and like honestly man that's i think that's a little dangerous you know yeah 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 it is very dangerous because what you'll end up doing is putting too much emphasis on a man-made structure of things, which takes the focus off of God and the order that he established and the sinning of his son um, to die on the cross, be buried and wrote and rise again. Like you take the focus off of what he really did in order to bring salvation and put the focus on being part of an organization that will ensure you security. But the fact is, is that there is no organization out there. Um, there is no organized religion out there that will be able to give you that surety. Especially if the only thing that they do is provide you with the list of rules and regulations that you ought to follow. And if you're going to do that, then you might as well go ahead and, and follow the 613 laws that were in the Old Testament. Either way, the same result you'll get, which is failure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Gene? I do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I definitely agree with you on the the point of um, that you made about once you're you're out of it, like it almost takes almost a hundred percent takes you getting out of that community and the four walls and the church organization for you to really understand like what you've been in. And that's, you know, that's nothing new. I mean, that you can take that same filter and apply it to other things and it's the same outcome, right? Yeah. So it's harder to see things when you're in it than versus when you're out of it. But yeah, I mean, and I'm not sitting here trying to tell people like, oh, just quit going to church and everything's going to be awesome and, you know, whatever. But at the same point, I am saying like, there's a ton of people, man, that are still a part of a church and they just are questioning and they're like, man, it's just, I just don't know if this is for me. Like, there's a lot of things I don't like. I don't want to lift my hands and sing every Sunday because that's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes I don't want to. That's okay. Sometimes, you know, you should, and that's okay too. Like, I don't know. That's probably a bad example, but like. No, it's not. You know, like there's the thing that you got to get out of, and there's a lot of people that won't, or maybe they don't know how because they're like, well, I am a Christian. I need to be a part of this community. Well, you know, your faith's going to be your faith, whether you're a part of a church or not. You can read your Bible. You can talk to God. You can pray. You can read stuff online or in books. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, yeah. I'm not saying community sucks and you don't need to have it. I'm just saying, like, I'm not, I don't believe that the, the church, the way it's operating right now in America, is the community that Christians <laughs> really, really need. Because it's just sure. another fucking country club and you're either a part of it or you're not. And people outside of the country club are like, oh, fuck those guys, fucking bougie-ass weirdos. Like, why can't you play yeah. golf with the normal people? <laughs> sure. Or, or or, even if they're not considered bougie, they're considered to be um, judgmental and critical. Hypocrites. <laughs> Liars. Well, uh, no, that's not where I'm going. Where I'm going is that... Backstabbers. <laughs> It's very easy to feel judged and criticized by people who are still in the local church. You know, when you get questions like that, yeah. like how do you go from pastoring to going to nothing? You know, I, I, in total honesty, that was my first feeling. It was like, damn, oh, okay, all right, now it's time to go into the judgment zone. You know, I'm not going to sit here and explain to you how it happened and why I'm okay with it. Um, The fact is, is that you don't get it because you're still neck deep in it, you know, so you're not going to get it, especially if your belief system requires you to be a part of a local church in order to maintain your salvation. My belief system does not require me to be part of a local church in order to maintain my salvation. Because salvation is of the Lord. It's a gift of God. And it is not a gift based upon my performance, but upon my faith. That's it. 
That's what the scripture teaches. The fact is, though, is that, and dude, you know what? We're half, we're 30 minutes in. I want to get satisfied with you. Can you wait? Are you serious? Yeah. What, you got to poop? No, Hans is whining and he's been whining and I'm afraid he's going to poop on my carpet. <laughs> Can you hold the satisfyingly deep? I'm going to hold the satisfyingly deep. All right. Don't lose it. We're going to pause. We'll be right back. In three. Oh, you going to pause? Yeah. Three, two. Hey, Unchurched Podcast listeners, this is Michael on behalf of Sean and Pura Vita Bracelets. Hey, you've heard us talk about this company many times on the podcast. Not only do they make pretty cool bracelets, but they do a lot of good in the island communities. They started off in Costa Rica, they're in India, they're all over the world actually. And they're helping out a bunch of artisans that are these creators that are making these bracelets and really impacting uh, their community. Not only that, they give back to so many different charities. In fact, to date, they've donated over $1.75 million to a bunch of different charities all over the world. Hey, if you want to look good with some flashy bracelets and do some good at the same time, check out PuraVitaBracelets.com. That's P-U-R-A. V-I-D-A bracelets.com and check it out when you use Sean's promo code Sean Lunt 20 that's S-E-A-N L-U-N-T 2-0 you'll get 20% off every purchase so check it out puravitabracelets.com you can look good you can do some good and hey check it out Sean Lunt 20 get 20% off of your order hey let's get back to the show Those that were following Christ, they stopped going to the synagogues. Uh. The church in Antioch were the first people to be called Christians. And the reason for that uh. is that they didn't meet inside of the synagogue on Saturdays, on the Sabbath day. They started meeting together and much smaller groups on the day that Jesus resurrected and, you know, ascended, actually. They were celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus together. And the book of Acts, you know, I think it's in, uh, yeah, for sure, it's in the book of Acts, where it talks about that they were, they had everything in common. They had all things in common. They were all in one accord. They were all taking care of one another when somebody was hungry they fed them somebody needed clothes they gave them clothes you know they they took care of one another outside of the confines of the of the synagogue so if anything if you really want to talk about what christianity is in terms of a building versus a not building those that were called Christians first did not meet in a building. But they were in community together. They did life together. And what it was all about was learning how to increasingly obey Jesus, increasingly 
love Jesus, increasingly worship Jesus together. Outside of a building. So, so for people today to be so amazed that you can call yourself a Christian by, um, but you can call yourself a Christian while you're no longer in the four walls of the church, you're no longer going to church, is anti-scripture. Because the fact is, is that when it when the switch went off from when the switch flipped from Judaism to Christianity, one of the defining, well, the, the most defining thing that switched them was the person of Christ. But the second thing that switched was the fact that they were no longer going to a building for worship. Those are the two greatest things that separated Judaism from Christianity. They followed Christ, they no longer went to a building and honored the Sabbath in that way. So what do you do, bro? You ever thought about that? <clears throat> I have. Quite a bit. I mean, it's part of the reason we started this podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a stupid question. Have you ever thought about that? Obviously you have. I mean, it's, it's you know, honestly that, <clears throat> excuse me, that thinking and that thought process and those questions have probably been a lot of the reason why I left church because it forced me to question why, one, uh, not that one, why I attend a church and two, <clears throat> why do I need to attend a church? And three, what would it look like if I didn't attend a church? And we've talked on here before about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Several times and in different ways and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, <clears throat> the the thing for a, a big thing for me was sitting in church and being like this literally feels like a waste of time you know a, unless i'm involved to the point of like i'm on the payroll or i'm a pastor or i you know i'm a youth leader or i do this thing which none of those are bad like as they stand but when that becomes more priority than God, and it's a very sneaky thing, I feel like, man. There's like a there's a tight line to toe right there. Is that the right phrase? Tight toe to line? How about tight 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 line to toe? Like it's a it's a fine line. That's what it is. It's a fine line to walk right there on if <laughs> sorry. Yo, I haven't got my doctorate degree, bro. I don't know how to talk. You know what I'm saying? Dude, that is not doctoral. That is not educational. <laughs> it's a turn of phrase. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's a very um whatever I just said. But the whole like, you know, at what point 
do you realize why? Okay, so I'll just give you give it my to me, baby my real point of view. Okay. Yep. And a real um, circumstance. So I was a drummer. I mean, I guess technically I am. I can sit behind the kit and still hold my own. But I was on the worship team, man. With one hand or two. <clears throat> Whatever you want. I'm that good, bro. Come at me. Nah, not anymore. There was probably a day where I could probably pull that off. But anyway, my point is, like, I was on the worship team, right? Yeah. And I played drums, and I loved it. I loved the drums, and I loved Jesus, and I loved worshiping, and that was a way for me to worship Jesus, was to lead other people in worship to our Savior and our God, right? Yep. But at some point, that becomes the thing. And it's less about worshiping, and it's more about, like, me having my 15 minutes every Sunday to show off what I can do or to tell people, like, yeah, man, I lead people in worship. Like, you know, I don't just attend church. Like, there's this, like, thing that goes with it. And this, like, so, so at some point I'm making much of myself. And maybe some people out there can, <clears throat> can you know, be a part of worship teams or be a pastor or be this or be that and not, you know, uh, get to the point where they're pretty much making themselves to be something more than what we are. Does that make sense? But for yeah. me... It became a thing, and then when that became a thing, the joy, like, slowly started coming out of it, or leaving, I should say. So, like, I didn't find joy in it as much, because I guess, in hindsight, I was trying to make it more about me, and about, like, oh, did you hear that sweet lick? Or, like, ooh, we're going to do this sick, epic build, and then we're going to do this other thing, and I'm going to have a solo for, like, a few bars, and then... You know, like, that's what it became about <clears throat> for me personally. And, like, I don't know if those two things go together, but for my story, that's when it started being fake to me. Because I, as a Christian, I'm checking myself and I'm saying, why am I playing this Sunday? Like, if someone else wanted to play, would I let them? Or, like, I mean, dude, there were times where, like, we had a, a kid in, in our youth group because I would play for youth group and I would play for, you know, big church, regular church, right? And there was a kid who was, you know, I mean, he was fucking great at playing drums, man. But, like, sometimes I just wouldn't let him because I wanted to. Like, what does that say about me? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm there to, like, air quotes Christianese so into these kids' lives and, like, mentor these kids and, like, be a, a light and, like, you know, be a a model for them just as Christ is for us, and I failed at that, you know? And there's a lot of people in ministry that on different levels that do the same exact thing. But I'm talking specifically for me, like, it became about that. And it started to lose the luster, man. It started to lose the joy and the the true worship, you know? And I feel like even sitting in 
services, you know, and hearing what's being taught, it's just like, yeah, I've been to that, brah. Like, I can preach on that. And you know what? Sometimes I did preach or I taught something. And, like, I don't know if maybe that complex came into play, too, of, like, well, I don't, I don't want to listen to anything you have to say because I've already studied it. Maybe that was a thing. I don't know. I'm sure probably some of it was. But, like, I also felt like, you know, most, most churches, they give you the dumbed-down version because they want to be seeker-friendly and they want to be open to all and they want to do this thing and, you know. Like, give me some meat. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a baby Christian anymore. I want to fucking feast on some steak. Like, let's have a fucking conversation. Like, give me give me some real shit. And here's a little caveat to that, I guess. The flip side, I should say, is if you're, you know, leading a church, you don't know. Maybe you do have people who've never heard of Jesus. So if you sit down and start start talking about like this in-depth shit, it's probably going to be over the head. Or is it? I don't know. But I do know is that I felt like, for me, almost every sermon I ingested was like, hey, eat this spoonful of baby food. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Like ba- a spoonful of baby food? I'm a grown ass man, bro. I need some steak. I need some potatoes. You know what I mean? Like, get some greens up in there. Like, I need a full on meal. Right. And maybe I'm making fun of some shit in there, and I totally am. But, like, seriously, you know, like, I wanted to be a part of a community that would challenge me. And small groups is a good place to start with that, but then that's. You know, that's a whole other can of worms, I feel like, and I don't know. I'm, I'm probably rambling now, but I've definitely thought about it, <laughs> yeah. and I don't, I don't stop thinking about it. Not like I think about it all the time, but I always come back to it because, I, dude, honestly, secret time, secret time. there's a lot of times I wonder, like, man, am I fucked up? Like, am I being deceived? Like, am I? Mm-hmm. Has the the enemy like won with me, and he he's just like having a field day because he's like I don't have to worry about Sean. Sean Dizzle's been gone. He ain't even going to church. He only talks to a few people that believe the same. Fuck that guy. He's going to hell. Let's go find some other guy to fuck up. Like honestly, sometimes I I think those thoughts, and I'm like, man, am I like, am I wrong? Like, should I find a church and like just go through the motions but then that's where i stop myself and say well no why would i just go through the motions like why would you know like if i'm going to be a part of your country club i got to get something out of it right (laughs) what do you think Uh, yeah well i'm with you for sure it wasn't it wasn't a, a ramble it was a good rant the uh the thing is is that um I think every single one of us want to be part of a tribe. A tribe of people that believe the same thing, feel the same things, understand one another, and are able to help one another through through life, period. 
And um, unfortunately, a lot of churches here in America are so secluded and isolated. You know, the, the, the old adage is, you know, no man can really be an island to himself. You need somebody, right? Um, and I truly believe that 100%. I am just of the opinion that you don't necessarily have to... You don't necessarily have to do that in the four walls of a church. Yeah. I think the point of um, of Christianity is really community not necessarily the four walls of a church which is why church is not defined by a building but by the people and I think that we've gotten it wrong for so many years we've got it twisted for so many years thinking that church equals building or that church equals three fast songs two slow songs Announcements, then an offering, then a musical selection, then the pastor gets up and preaches. Like that, that was never the definition of church according to scripture. And I think the point of this whole podcast, if we just get back to the point of why we get together and do this podcast, it's not, I agree with you, it's not to try and encourage people to leave the church but it is to encourage people to question yeah their definition of church and try to actually find scripture that lines up with it you won't find it what you'll find is paul paul wrote two-thirds of the new testament right 12 or 13 books, depending on what you want to do with the book of Hebrews. Paul, in his missionary journeys, that's what his, his 12 or 13 books were all about. His missionary journeys from country to country to country, talking to all these different people, to Jews and Gentiles. His whole point, if you read, if you really do read the Bible, you got to understand that his every every time he went somewhere he was meeting with people whenever he went to the actual synagogue to preach it wasn't to do a church service the way that we do church services today his whole point was trying to convert Jews out of the synagogue he was pulling people out of the synagogue and trying to show them that, hey, look, all of this form of religion that you're following has all been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you follow him, this building can go to waste. It can fall. Jesus' last prophecy before... Dude, I'm getting deep again. I'm not even trying to. Jesus' last prophecy, one of his last prophecies that he spoke was that the synagogue would be destroyed and there wouldn't be one stone left on top of another. He prophesied literally the destruction of the Temple of Solomon where they worshiped. Yeah. And, and obviously part of his prophecy was 
concerning himself as well. He said, tear down this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. Speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection, the very definition of the gospel is that Jesus would die a physical death, that he, <clears throat> excuse me, that he would be buried in a tomb, and then in three days later, he would rise again. But when he spoke of it in parallel with the destruction of the Temple of Solomon, he was, he was predicting the temple would fall and that there would be something new that would rise up. Like the, the, the relationship with God that would be established as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection would exist outside of the four walls of the church. It would be a personal relationship. He spoke so many times and, and John quotes him saying that all the way up to this time, you've seen him as God, but I've come to introduce you to him as father because God is so distant and so powerful. And you look about, you look at all of the, um, the, uh, the, the attributes of God. I think I've talked about this on the, on the podcast. There's, there's, um, A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He gives 18 attributes of God. And if you put them in an acronym, they would say, um, they would be wish to floss Jemego. This is a message that I preached years ago. Wish to floss Wish to floss Jim Ego. Um, and I don't even know if I remember it all, but I, it's been so long since I preached this. I used to preach it every single year. This was the message I preached every single year. His wisdom, infinitude, sovereignty, and holiness. Trinity, um, uh, omnipotence. That's two. Floss is faithfulness, uh, long-suffering, omniscience, sovereignty, and um, the other S is... Um, Servitude. Uh, huh? Servitude. <laughs> no, something like that, though. Service. No. Sacrifice. No. Skittles. <laughs> Skittles, that's it. And then Ego is his uh, 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 sovereignty and... Um, God, what's the other S? I've got a brain fart right now. Sovereignty, meaning he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it. Um, I can't remember the other S. It's my fault. Wow. And then, uh, Ego is, uh, he's eternal and he's good and he's gracious. So... Um, God is going to bug me. I can't remember that second S. Well, we'll leave a link to the book in the show notes so people can check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's from the book Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. Um, but anyway, my point was that when you look <laughs> at all of the attributes of God, um, you, you, you see this being that's completely distant and... Um, and, and, and Jesus's point was to take God, the person of God 
and pull him off the throne and make him personal to you as a father. A father that should be accessed beyond the four walls of the church. In other words, you don't have to go to one person to be able to 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 be able to get an understanding of um, of God and why he does certain things, right? Or how he does certain things. Um, so, so it was said of, it was said of Moses in the old Testament that, that the people and, and the people and the children of Israel, that they knew his, his works. They knew the things that he did, but Moses knew his ways. It might've been said of Abraham. I might be getting those two confused, but the, the point of it was, is that Jesus coming to fulfill the law of God and fulfill all the prophecies that God <laughs> nice to to fulfill all of the the prophecies Jesus coming as the son of God coming was to give us an opportunity through faith to go beyond seeing the works of God to understanding the ways of God in other words to go from a place of just simply recognizing the things that he do, that he does to being able to understand why he does the things that he does. And it's something that happens over time and, and relationship It's the same thing in a marriage. So for, for me and my wife, I understand the things that she does. I see the things that she, that she does. But I know her well enough to understand, in a lot of ways, why she does some of the things that she does. And the thing that has happened because of relationship with us is that I'm able to offer her grace in the things that she does because I understand the reason behind it. So if she snaps at me, in the morning when I make her eggs and she doesn't like the eggs that that I made her I can understand that okay she's pregnant she's hormonal she's hungry she doesn't like the eggs I'm not taking it personal that she doesn't like the eggs that I made her you know what I'm saying I'm not gonna get offended because she smells the eggs and she's like ugh, I can't eat that I get it I understand She's pregnant right now. She is hormonal right now. She's emotional right now. And she may she might not respond in a way that is all that kind all the time. But because of my love relationship with her, I'm able to say, Okay, baby, I'll eat those eggs that I just ruined for you. You tell me how you want your eggs made. And I'll make them for you that way. Or I'm willing to step aside and let you make your own fucking eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a difference between responding to an action and understanding the reason for the action. And that's what Jesus was trying to get us to do. He's like, he's not just God in a distant. He's your father in the closeness. 
It's kind of funny that we kind of saw... Well, let me say it this way. When you read through the New Testament, specifically the years that Jesus is with disciples interacting, there's instances where you see Jesus not just react to stuff. Like True. the the one that comes to my mind is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. When Peter chops off uh, one of the guards that's coming to arrest Jesus, chops his ear off, and Jesus is like, Peter, what are you doing? <laughs> and he heals, he puts the dude's ear back on, and he's like, yeah, I don't know, it's like, I'm probably not articulating this correctly. No, you're doing good. But like, you're doing good. It's crazy because as humans, you know, we want, or at least for me, I want to just react to things. But even in like the littlest ways, I feel like, you know, Jesus showed us like exactly what you're kind of saying, like exactly what you're kind of, I just said that. Yep. Exactly what you're kind of saying. That I like it, you know, not to pause and like whatever, but like take a second, you know, like step back for a second and like not just react to things. And that right there, bro, is so fucking hard. See law. So hard, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Especially when people are coming into to the garden that you're praying in. You ain't doing nothing wrong and chopping near like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love the fact that there's these little things you can you can take away that's really not even talked about but you just you know that that's how Christ reacted and and it makes you think like how did he react that way and why did he react that way and why did he always react that way Right Yeah I don't know I just think there's something to, there to think about and ponder you know because Imagine if we all, especially in heated moments and, you know, like, honestly, your egg thing, you, you make eggs for your wife and she's like, oh my God, I'm pregnant, (laughs) eggs, you fucked up, you're a piece of shit. Now, wait, full disclosure, I never said any of that. You didn't. But. I'm saying it as an analogy right here. <laughs> like, if that's, if the, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, you got two choices, and it's either to react and be like, fuck you, bitch, make your own damn eggs. I'm trying to be over here, like, helping you out, and you can't even, like, appreciate the fact that I'm down here while you're sleeping, trying to make you some food for you and our child, like, you could do that, or you could do what you said. Like, okay, how can I yeah. make the eggs for you, babe? Yeah. Or would you rather make them? Jesus always did the latter of those two things. He always did, not passive-aggressive, but just... The high you know, road. He yeah. took the high road. Yeah. He responded in grace. You know, so... We were literally, uh, we were just talking about this. The difference between grace and mercy. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. And mercy is not giving you what you do do deserve. Hmm. So, 
you know, when you're a piece of shit, you deserve to get told off to, to get, you know, to get told off. You know, you deserve for, for me to, you know, Base rip you ass. a new one. <laughs> Give you a little bit of spanking. Hey, yo. Uh, but the fact is, is that grace kicks in and it's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. So you're not being patient with me right now. So I'm going to show you patience. And I'm going to show you kindness. Even though you're not being kind right now, I'm going to give you the thing that you're not giving me. Okay? So so the way the world works primarily right now is by the law of reciprocity. I'm going to give you exactly what you've given me. But the fact is, is that when you're a Christian, you have Christ within you. The, the goal is to show Christ at every moment. And it's something that you grow in being able to do. It's not something that, that just comes naturally and it's just like all of a sudden you're like Jesus. No, it's something that you practice. <laughs> you fail at it. You practice. You get stronger at it over time. And you're able to give grace to people that don't deserve it. Um, and that's how we ought to be. And the fact is, is that outside of the church, you're able to practice those things. You don't get to practice those things when you're in there with three fast songs, two slow songs, offering announcements, offering a song, then the preaching. You're not practicing anything. You're not actually living a Christian life by going to church. All you're doing is getting your feel goods while you're there. But the fact is, is that when you are in a company of believers um, in more of a a community setting, I'm able to say to you, Sean, bro, listen, you were a dick to your wife today. And I think, and, and, and I may agree with you that she was acting like a turd. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to use a different four letter word. A turd. <laughs> never Brooke. She would never act like that. But I beat her ass if she did. <laughs> <laughs> I I would be I would have the freedom because you and I are in community together. I would be able to say to you, hey, bro, listen, um, maybe it would be better if you practiced giving a softer answer. You know, I mean, because the scripture says that a soft answer turns away wrath. That's what Paul said. That's what Paul taught. He said, look, you got all these opposition coming against you. You've got all of this animosity in the atmosphere. A soft answer will turn away wrath. So when you got somebody, dude, I practice this at work all the time. I, the last couple of weeks, we've been coming down to deadlines. I had, a, I had a deadline on Friday. I got one coming up on this Monday. I've got one coming up on the 28th, the end of this month. Three different programs. Boom, boom, boom. I got a guy who's like, well, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he gets upset. And I respond to him by saying, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do exactly what you need me to do. I just need you to give me a little bit of time. I've got this, this, and this ahead of you. But as soon as these things are done, we're going to take care of you. It's going to be gold. 
Don't you worry about it at all. Just trust me. I'm able, I'm able to respond softer because I've been practicing that grace. And the fact is, is that like we've talked about before, uh, uh, Jesus said, he who has loved much, or he, he who has sinned much, loves much. He who has sinned little, loves little. Actually, what he says is, he who has been forgiven for much, loves much. He who has been forgiven for little, loves little. And, and what he was trying, to, what he was trying to, to say, and I'm getting deep again. It's all right. We're going to do it. Uh, this is a good podcast. What, what Jesus was actually trying to say was that when you, you should go out and sin as much as you can no. so that you fully understand the forgiveness of said sins. No, that is that, no, that is totally not what he was saying. <laughs> what he was saying is that when you realize that you've been forgiven for so much that you don't even deserve forgiveness for from God, the same grace that you've been given, when you recognize it, you're able to give it out. It's the same thing with uh, with anybody else in business or just in life in general. Uh, most of the people who are successful today, a lot of people that are successful today have had such a rough upbringing. And a lot of them turn out to be some of the biggest givers. Um, Tony Robbins, who is in the news right now, He's getting me tooed like a mofo. He's a uh, he's a big proponent of these steps to success, and you know, taking you from nothing to having your dreams fulfilled, right? But he teaches that the highest level of fulfillment is giving. Basically, that you will never be fulfilled as an entrepreneur or as a, a person who's successful. You'll never really, really be able to enjoy the success that you have unless you choose to give. Because the fact is, is that the things that you've been given, when you give back, that's the fulfillment of your success. It's the same thing in God. When you realize that you've been forgiven for so much, same thing in Christianity. You've been forgiven for so much. You have lived through hell. You're able to give heaven to other people. You're able to be that safe place for people. You're able to be that, that house of refuge for other people. You're able to, to be a place where people can come to and be comfortable and be themselves because they know that they're not being judged. They know that they're not being criticized. They know that they're not being uh, talked down to or berated or made to feel less than. You're giving that because you recognize that you come from nothing yourself. Does that make sense? I don't know. I kind of felt like it kind of went away. But. Nah, man, I got it. <clears throat> Recognizing what you ban through. 
Recognizing yeah. the piece of shit you is. Humility, dude. Humility. Thank you. That's the word. Humility. So, so Andrew Murray has a book called Humility. It's, it's one of my favorite books. I read it every single year. The whole point of his book is that it is to define humility. And he defines it as being an empty glass. Humility is, is recognizing that you are nothing more than an empty glass, a vessel to be filled by God, poured out over people. You're empty again to be refilled by God and poured out to be to be poured out upon people. And you, you just just described the cliff note version <clears throat> of something I mentioned in the last one of the last two episodes and you're like kenosis theory but that's the kenosis theory man really that christ was like a vessel who was filled every time he went to get away to speak to his father and to pray and to meditate he was filling up so that when he went to go minister he had it to give out but he also had to continually be filled to continually be emptied yeah. Okay. Some deep like shit, it. bro. Wonder why it's called the kenosis theory. I don't remember. Maybe kenosis stole it from Andrew Murray. I mean, maybe. It's probably Andrew Murray came after it, but whatever. I don't know. Andrew Murray was like, you know, 18th century. <clears throat> maybe he's. Maybe we're talking about the same dude then. No. I honestly don't remember. I just remember kenosis theory... And what it was, and I thought it was cool because it makes complete sense. Because every time you turn around, Jesus does some bomb ass shit, and then he goes and hides away from everyone and gets into his own space with his father and rejuvenates his his battery or fills his cup or whatever you want to call it. And then he went out and did some other thing and gave it all out. And then he had to continually, you know what I'm saying? Brooke. Did Jesus rejuvenate his battery, or did he recharge his battery? That's my oh question my for you. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm just I'm talking to Brooklyn right now. And nobody she ain't else on is, this mug, bro. No, I know she's not even here, but she's going to hear this. I just want to say, Brooklyn, does Jesus rejuvenate his battery, or does he recharge his battery? You know what? I'm a, I'm a, right now, I'm on Googs. <laughs> I am hopping on the gigs. And we're going to get to the bottom of this in real time. No, just on Google, tell me who invented the kenosis theory. Because it is interesting. I don't know who kenosis is, but whatever. Uh, anyway, we're saying the same thing. We're saying the Rejuvenate same thing. is a verb. Make. Uh-huh. In uh-huh. quotes, something or someone. Mm-hmm. In quotes, look or feel younger, fresher, mm. or more lively. Yeah. So he got a restore. So Jesus facelifted his battery, made him look younger. Come on, bro. He died when he was 33. He restored it. He restored his battery. Yeah. I don't know why you hate. You fucking know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just fucking with you. Um, so I was listening to, uh, we should say, by the way, that we did not release two episodes at the same time on purpose. Yeah, that was a, that was a flub. Yeah. So I edited 55, Sean edited 56. We actually recorded 56 first and we were going to have it in the queue for this week. Um, but I don't know, dude, I think SoundCloud fucked up. I'm not even going to blame you because you texted me, you texted me as soon as you changed the date for 56 to come out this week. Well, and here's what I have to say. The same time I changed the date for when it's set to publish, I also changed the graphic because it was no longer 55. It's 56. Now the graphic saved correctly. Yeah. So that's why I'm at a loss. But either way, fuck it. You got you got a free one. So yeah, you got two on one <clears throat> Sunday. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, which I also think is pretty fitting that we post our podcast on Sundays. I love posting on Sundays. Yeah, you we're kind of like anti-church, <laughs> bitch. Anti-church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The church is not the building. The people are the church. Screw the building. We're the unchurched. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, the, the point is, is that your salvation is not dependent on what denomination you belong to, what church you go to, what building, where it's at, whether it's beautiful, whether it's got blue carpet. Four minutes. You got four minutes. That's it. And then you're done? Well, until you start hearing shit you don't want to be hearing. I don't want to hear shit I don't want to hear. Farting? No, it's going to start playing all the stuff at the end, you know. Oh, okay. And I can't yeah. move it while we're recording, I don't think. Preset stuff. Um, it, You know, it, it's not about all of that stuff. Your salvation is dependent upon your faith in the one who saved you, not in the good deeds that you're able to do, the churches you're able to go to. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, you know, you giving your tithes and offerings to a church is more power to you, but there's so much more you could do with that same money helping the community that you live in. And I think that that's what it's all about. You know, uh, Paul said that true religion is taking care of the widows and the poor. That's what he said. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't saying it in a building when he said it. He wrote it to a church that he, uh, to a a group of people in a country where he wasn't even in. Uh, A country that he had went and preached the gospel to and then left and went to another country. And he wrote back and said, hey, look, I just want to write and encourage you. Just remember what true religion is. It's not about that fucking building that you're in or, um, you know, what pastor you're trying to listen to. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you take care of people, that you love God and that you love people. Those are the two greatest commandments. Jesus said it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. The second commandment is just like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, on these two commandments, you can hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that's in the law, all 613 laws, uh, all the prophets, all the prophets that came before him and preached all these great glorious messages, what matters the most is that you love God and that you love people. That's what a true Christian is. It's not about what church you go to. It's about whether or not you live out the principles and the teachings that Jesus established. Boom. Mic dropping. Sila. Sila. So don't worry about my salvation. Don't worry about Sean's salvation. Our salvation is secure in the one who saved us. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen. Amen. That's a wrap, bro. What a good episode. I liked it. My nipples kind of tingled a little bit. Did they? A little bit. Dude, you can tell you hadn't you hadn't got in on the uh satisfyingly deeps because you went three hard, bro. <laughs> Always go hard, baby. <laughs> like a rock. Get stronger every day. Like a rock. I don't work for that company though. All right, man. I'm yeah. getting out of here. All right, cool. Peace. Hey, everybody. It's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at Unchurched Pod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there.